Welcome back to another episode of Chalk Talk. I hope everybody is staying positive, staying safe, and staying healthy during these uh, tough times. Um, it's great to see you guys. Under the current circumstances, it is weird not having any sports. None at all. You know, first we saw the NBA go and suspend its season, and then pretty much from there, every other league and organization has suspended or canceled theirs as well. You know, it's been about two months since we've recorded last. We're going to try to keep it on that monthly cycle. But with the virus, we thought March wasn't the best month to record. So we're going to pick it back up here in April, and we're going to get started with today's show. So our lineup for today is looking like some March Madness talk, dissecting Joe Lenardi's what-if bracket, give our predictions, as well as talk about our ongoing poll on Twitter, our what-if bracket that you, the fans, have been voting on for the past couple weeks. Then we're going to move right into the NFL, talk about free agency, specifically looking at uh, the NFC South. And then we're going to move right along into the NBA, talk about, uh, we have a little scenario, a start bench cut situation with some players. And then for our local listeners, we're going to have a Altoona teacher dodgeball draft. So it's looking like a solid show for today. All right, let's jump right into it with some March Madness talk. Shope, go ahead and start us off. Go ahead and uh, just explain, you know, why you chose the four teams you did and uh, explain your national champion as well. Um, in my final four this year, I had Kansas, Baylor, Florida State, and Duke. And then I th- believe I had Baylor beating Kansas or Duke in the final. I can't remember. I did have Baylor winning it, though. I just think that uh, – I just think Baylor had a good combination this year of outside shooting and defense. And, uh, I mean – this year, I honestly I could see anyone making the Final Four just because it was a it was a year where there wasn't a great team, but I feel like Baylor and Kansas were the two most um, consistent teams, and I think Duke was playing very well during the end of the year, and they had a very good roster. I felt like they could they had a decent um, draw in the bracket they were projected to be in, so I think they could have made the Final Four, and then. Um, Florida State was playing really well. They had a lot of size, and I just thought their region, they matched up well with everyone until they got to the Final Four. So, yeah, that would be my Final Four. Trevor, you want to you know, give a little insight as to why you chose your Final Four? Well, gentlemen, it really doesn't matter about the Final Four that I chose. All that matters is the Final One that I chose, and that is the uh, national champions would have been the Duke Blue Devils, led by uh, Captain Trey Jones and um, the tank, Vernon, Vernon Carey down in the post, Cassius Stanley just making it rain and dunking left and right. And as confetti falls down and Coach Case cutting the net of his sixth title, a tear comes from his eye. Yep, that's my final one right there for you. Thanks, Trevor. Next up... Hadley, go ahead and give her a go, Had. Okay, so my final four teams were Kansas, Florida State, Gonzaga, and Michigan State. Um, you know, I I usually don't pick Kansas to go this far, but I think this year with Azubuki being healthy, I would pick them final four for sure. Um, Florida State, I just saw something out of them watching you know, with Trevor and Shope and Jared all like in Duke. I watched FSU a lot this year. Um, and I thought they were a pretty good team. I thought they would have made it uh, had this been the bracket. Uh, Gonzaga, that was kind of my team that no matter what, 
the bracket looked like I was going to pick them to keep going. I thought I thought highly of them this year. Um, and last but of course not least, I picked Michigan State. Um, they were just so hot at the right time. Um, in my opinion, I think they would have cruised through the Big Ten Championship. And that's that's a lot to say because, I mean, you know, the Big Ten this year was was very good. So, but I still would have said Michigan State. Um, and then, that being said, Kansas would have played Florida State. And Gonzaga would have played Michigan State. I would have had Florida State being Kansas. Um... I don't know. I I just really liked what FSU had going on, and Gonzaga I think would have beat Michigan State. Uh, so I, yeah, unfortunately my Sparty back to back years would have lost in the Final Four. Um, so you have FSU and Gonzaga. I would have had Gonzaga win the whole thing this year. Uh, like I said, I just thought they were a great team this year. I thought they would have easily uh, won this won this tournament. Maybe one or two close games so yeah okay cuts you're up i wasn't really a college basketball fan this this season i'm not gonna lie to you duke's still my team i'm not really passionate about college basketball anymore and i'm not really sure why and i think it's just because a big reason is that duke has a different team every single year it's very annoying to me i hate the one and done rule I love the guys, don't get me wrong, great players, they deserve to go, get their money, but it's just like not worth rooting for a team that's going to have a different lineup every single year. You kind of want to get to know the guys, kind of want them to build the program as they get older. You just don't see that anymore nowadays, but all love to the Blue Devils still, no offense. But this season, yeah, I'm just starting to lose it, college basketball in general. Um, A lot of teams way overhyped throughout the year, and... Not really one team stuck out to me at all. So my Final Four, I don't even think I ever pictured in my mind there being a Final Four. Um, Not saying I predicted coronavirus, just saying I don't think I was ever going to do a bracket this year. There you go. Okay, so I had Kansas, Gonzaga, Villanova, and Creighton. It was tough for me to pick between Kansas and Duke. I've picked Duke the past couple years, and they've let me down. So this year I went with Kansas. Um, Gonzaga in their region, I didn't think it was all that tricky. Um, looking at maybe a tough game with either Seton Hall or Texas Tech, really, in my opinion. Um, Villanova, I thought the winner of Villanova and Florida State would come out of their region. So that was a 2-3 matchup, so I had Villanova. And then Creighton, their their region was pretty pretty rough. They had Baylor as the one seed, Louisville four, I believe Virginia six, and Michigan State three, so like, any one of those teams could have made it, but I thought the Big East was one of the tougher conferences this year, so that's why I had two Big East teams in my Final Four. And then with Villanova, uh, you, you really can't go against Jay Wright. Um, he's had success in, in the uh, in the tournament the past couple years. So I went with Villanova, and then Gonzaga. I mean, people say they have a cupcake schedule, but they're, they're, they were pretty legit this year. But ultimately, I, I had Villanova beating them in the final. So before we move away from college basketball, Trevor, you want to give a little uh, spiel about Rock Chalk Jayhawk, some Kansas basketball, please? Yeah, I do. And I, I want our viewers to go ahead and pop some popcorn. And you guys can just sit back and relax, all the rest of you gentlemen, because this might take a little bit. So um, my investigative piece 
is into the overhyping of Kansas basketball every single year, especially under Coach Bill Self. So my little expose is just for that. A um, little backstory here on um, how I got on this topic. Um, I was on my daily two-mile walk, and I stumbled upon a text from Kevin about Kansas or Arizona State, something of that like. And I didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't give me any explanation. And it just really pissed me off for no reason. For no reason, I saw Kansas basketball, and it really just set me through a loop. And I just started thinking, they're overhyped every year. They are overhyped every year. Um, and so I did a little digging. And I just want to ask, pose a question to you guys. Um, who do you consider to be the Blue Bloods in college basketball? I, I consider four teams to be Blue Bloods. I, I, I'd go with, I mean, <clears throat> I really don't think they're uh, – I mean, when you think of college basketball, you think of Duke. Mm-hmm. I think of Kentucky, mm-hmm. I think of North Carolina, mm-hmm. and I mean, usually Kansas. Usually, usually Kansas. You can throw Villanova in there, and yeah. you know what, Gonzaga, just because you know they're always winning. But okay, get out of here with Villanova. Yeah. I mean, so, so there's six. There's six blue bloods in college basketball. Let me hear him. Let me hear him. Yeah, let's hear him show. Well, obviously the blue teams, so Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, and then uh, I would throw Michigan State in there, and then the one – because when I consider blue bloods, I'm going all-time here, so I throw UCLA in there. That's fair. Like, they haven't been been great lately, but if you're going all-time blue bloods, UCLA's in there. And that's fair, and I'll even make in my argument here – that Kansas all time is really not that great of a program. They're not. They have like what two national championships, two thousand eight and eighty eight. That's about it. Fifty two. And fifty two. Yeah. So well, fifty two, who cares? Yeah. So let's just get that out of the way. The blue bloods. And I, I did before I went into this digging, I thought the four teams, Duke, UNC, Kentucky, Kansas. But then I started thinking, let's just kick Kansas out of there. Let's just get them out of that group. Because they, they have been overhyped every year. So here I have this big, big list of things I got to go off now, nice. off my chest. So I'm going to pose another question. Since the Big 12 was made a conference, all right, gentlemen, guess how many national champions have come from that conference in the sport of college basketball? One. 2008 One. Kansas. One. 2008 Kansas, since the conference was made. Okay? All right. Yeah. Think about that. The answer is one. It's one. Kansas, 2008. Good for them. But their conference is trash, and it was made in 1996, okay? So the bottom line is the conference is not good and not a contender in college basketball, okay? There's, they had that great streak in their conference of 14 consecutive conference, like, regular season titles. Who cares? 2005 to 2018, who is consistently good in that conference? Baylor, maybe. Who is consistently good? Baylor, maybe. Who is consistently good? So um, that's really I'm not even that's not really that impressive to me then the regular season titles that's not. Um, also another point um, there's no consistent team in that conference and then since that time that the conference was built in 1996 the ACC has eight national champions the SEC has five. The Big East has seven, and they're, like, barely a conference now. The Big 12 is tied with the Pac-12, the Big 10. Thank you, Sparties. Big 10. Thank you, Sparties. And the American Athletic Conference. American Athletic Conference. Okay. The bottom line is Kansas 
overhyped every single year. And they usually have talent, don't get me wrong, but they never get crap for like underachieving. They never get crap for it. Yeah. They never get crap for underachieving. So they're really not the powerhouse that everyone builds them up to be. I would say they're similar to Gonzaga. That yeah, we yeah, it's, you and I had a had Yeah. They're similar to Gonzaga in that they play in a uh, conference. Gonzaga is, is, is essentially yeah, Gonzaga is essentially Kansas just playing in a even weaker conference in a, oh. in a sense. You, I, you, okay. you could put Kansas, you could put Kansas where Gonzaga is in, in Gonzaga where Kansas is, and like the Big Twelve. And I'm not saying they'd be any better, but Kansas would probably do the exact same thing that they're doing now, but they still want to go anywhere because they'd be even a weaker conference. I agree with Trevor on the underachieving thing. But also the reason I wouldn't say they're Gonzaga just for the fact Kansas has historical context with them. They also have better players like overall in their national brand. You can say whatever they are, whatever you want, but they are a national brand. Gonzaga, they're not really a national brand at all. I mean, but yeah, in recent times, I would say they're similar to Gonzaga. The numbers, recent times, yeah, based on numbers, yeah, since like 2000, they're pretty much the same team. Yeah, but they get bigger time players though, is what I'm saying. Exactly, which is why they should be better. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, they're like, not in a Power Five conference. Gonzaga. But they also only have them for one year. Kansas—they're not really great at developing one. Anywho, let me just get through the rest of the show, and then we'll we'll continue yeah. the show. So, yeah. I'm ready to start a petition online. I don't care if it's Change.org or whatever. <laughs> To kick Kansas out of the blue bloods of basketball and substitute another team in that since 1996 has performed even better than they have. Okay? You guys are going to be shocked at the team I throw in here. I'm ready to add, get this, the Connecticut Huskies into the blue bloods of college basketball. They have four titles since 1999. Four titles. They're not good as of right now, but they pop up every so often. They yeah, pop they- So guess what? UConn, welcome to the... Welcome to the Blue Bloods in Kansas, skedaddle. So, um, so I just like this. Um, next time on um, my investigative uh, journalism piece, I'm going to go into the overhyping of Texas football. I'm really hammering the Big 12. I'm going <laughs> to hammer the Big 12 into the ground. And then also in the future, I'm also going to look into why men like myself are getting all these DMs from random accounts on Instagram. With <laughs> <laughs> a group of bunch of people. Let's say, hey, with a cat winking emoji, there's like 15 other people in it. So that's down the line, too. I just want to keep that in your guys' heads. All right? So thank you for the time. And um, this will not end. This will not end. It won't. All right. Thanks, Trev. So moving on to our – we had our own what-if bracket poll going on Twitter. And that poll was based off of Joe Lenardi's final um, bracketology projection – and our champion was Arizona State, the 10 seed versus Gonzaga. And, you know, I think Arizona State really benefited from the fact that they had many people retweet and favoriting our likes. So just a quick shout out to a couple individuals, Lil Bobby 28, Jonathan B. Lee, Alec Herb 17, B. Swags, John, and John J. 82. Um, you know, they really promoted us as well as Arizona State basketball. So I, I think that's why they... Uh, they won the what if bracket and then we also had a 
um, bracket of random sports things. Could have been terms, people, plays. And that final was the eight seed. Um, that time when Randy Johnson hit the bird with a pitch um, versus the Arizona State um, Sun Devil Curtain of distraction. And ultimately, I think that was that was a real close one. I think the final was 51% to 49%. And I think Randy Johnson was our champion. So thanks to everybody who, who voted and really uh, promoted our two brackets. Okay, so moving right along into the NFL. Anybody want to give their thoughts about NFL for agency or the NFC South? Maybe some predictions with the NFC South. Well, with NFL free agency, I just kind of want to talk about my Colts for a second. Um, well, me and Jared Colts. Um, so, as of right now, we're in April. Um, Philip Rivers, obviously that's the biggest name that's went to the Colts. How I feel about that, I'm right in the middle. Uh, I watched him last year have just games where he was the epitome of terrible um, but I've also watched some games where he was very good, including when he played against us. Um, I really like how he gets his running backs involved in the passing game. I think that will help Naeem Hines a lot. Um, but I and I also really like how his deep ball is was very good with Mike Williams. But the only thing is, we don't have anyone to cover that void right now. So I'm hoping in the draft we can go out get maybe a T. Higgins, and that will cover that void. Um, defensively, DeForest Buckner, I love that trade. I think at first I was a little hesitant because it's a first-rounder. You never want to give up a first-rounder. But looking at what the value would have been at 13 and looking at him, I feel like if we take someone like Javon Kinlaw, we're we're potentially reaching you know so I think that taking Buckner for that pick getting the guaranteed solid player was was the right move I also think a great signing by us was Xavier Rhodes I think that was huge um I mean obviously the past few years he hasn't been what he always was hyped up to be but you never know this this defense that we have going on in Indy is young and it's it's very talented, and I think maybe, you know, quarterbacks can have bad years. Uh, they're very much like baseball players. Baseball players, you know, have a great season one year, and the next season they're batting 220. So maybe Xavier Rhodes can get back on the field with us and get back to the form that he used to be, get some confidence, because, you know, confidence is the biggest thing with a quarterback. So... But yeah, overall, I'm I'm loving the free agency and just want to know more about what you guys have to say about it. Tom Brady, the Bucks. Thank you, in a way. Thank you, Tom Brady, for leaving um, the AFC. It's kind of you know now the only other person you got to get past now is well, it seems like you got to get past is Mahomes. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's on the rise. But, Big Ben's going to be back, so it's going to be difficult. But it's just one more stud out of the way, regardless of how good or bad the Patriots were last year. But he's a Buccaneer now, and that is that is surprising. But, you know, good for Tampa Bay and good for the culture down there. But uh, I kind of think he made the wrong move in a way. I feel like he should, just should have retired a Patriot because, I don't know, I hate when – 
when players play their whole career with a team and then go and just play someone for someone random for one or two seasons or hop around. I just kind of want them just to solidify their, you know, their reign with that one team. But as far as free agency, other ways, I'm just going to think with my Colts uh, trading the number 13 pick I was, it was in the first round of the draft for DeForest Buckner. I'm going to take that all day, every day. Um, you know, kind of just added some key guides. Oh, my bad. Some key guys back there in the secondary and just getting our wide receivers in check. Um, couldn't really have asked for, for much more. In that regards, looking forward to the draft. I'm excited. And, you know, let's, let's hope we have an NFL this year because, you know, Colts are finally putting it together. Steelers are, you know, getting their stuff together, getting big bed and back. Uh, Drew Brees just signed a new contract with the Saints. So it's going to be a good uh, NFL season for all the boys here at Chalk Talk. And, you know, we're rooting for each other. Not really, but let's have some fun and let's have a, let's have a season. So there's only one storyline that I want to talk about with NFL free agency. And that is... Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay or Tampa Brady, whatever you want to call it. I'm more of a Tampa kind of guy. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mark them down as the Super Bowl champions. Mark my words. Mark my words. Tampa, 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions. Uh yeah, so Tom Brady signed with the the Buccaneers. Um, a couple other big moves: Saints signed Emmanuel Sanders, things like that. I mean, obviously Tom Brady was like the big domino, just because his name. But uh, I think it does help the Buccaneers a little bit because Jameis had thirty five turnovers last year, and I don't think Brady will put the ball in harm's way that much. I don't think it dramatically increases their chances, but uh. I think they, they'll have a really good shot at a wild card. I think the Saints will still win that division just because they have their, I think they have more talent all around. And I think Drew Brees is a better quarterback than Tom Brady as of right now. But I think Tom Brady will get him to 10-6, and six, somewhere around there. And uh, I could see them easily getting a wild card spot. But other than that, I think free agency, uh, it was different this year due to like the coronavirus so teams couldn't like uh get a physical on people and stuff like that and p- players couldn't visit teams and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah i would i would say this year is different but at the same time a lot of teams signed signed a lot of guys but uh tom brady was definitely the the biggest one so for me personally um Obviously, the NFC South is pretty stacked right now. I still have the Saints winning. And I think the Buccaneers are going to only have nine wins this season. I know they got Tom Brady. I know they have some other weapons. But still, I think they're missing some pieces on defense. And, I mean, they have a pretty tough schedule as well. So, I mean, they'll be fighting for a wild card. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think they'll be winning the NFC South this year. So, moving right into our NBA talk. Um, before we get to that, I would like to answer a question that Hadley had proposed earlier this week. He mentioned how the Warriors finished basically in last place this season, 
but with the league being suspended, um, he had talked about how this season might not really count. Um, in a way, it does. In a way, it doesn't. Uh, we don't know yet as far as where it's going to go, but he pr- proposed a question as far as even though they did finish basically in last place this year, are they still considered a dynasty for what they have done in the past couple of years? And to answer that question, I would say, I mean, obviously, yes. I mean, Steph and Clay, they're not going anywhere soon. And what they did previously, that's pretty impressive. So, I mean, yes, when you talk about the NBA, you're going to talk about the Warriors being up there. But, I mean, who knows? Once, you know, we get further along in their futures, do they do they leave the Warriors? I mean, they're always going to have, you know, those couple of great years to talk about. But at the same time, you know, we could get to um, a point where, what if they just start, you know, finishing last all the time? And do we really look at them as a dynasty, or is it just, you know, they had a, a good couple of years there where they were dominant? But, I mean, to answer Hadley's question, I, they're obviously still a dynasty. Like, they're still going to perform and play well. So, there you go, Hadley. So, Kutz came up with a start one, bench one, cut one scenario, and he chose Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Jason Tatum. Fellas, let's get right into it. Where do you put each of the players? Well, obviously I'm going to be a little bit biased here. Whenever I choose Jason Tatum over Paul George and Jimmy Butler, but when in hindsight, if you really look at it, and if you really just like take a step back and you look at the three players and you're looking at potential, you're looking at youth, and you're looking at ability, you'd be dumb not to go with Tatum. I mean, he was just getting the Celtics clicking, you know, it's starting to become his team. Uh, I think for the month of February or something, he averaged like th- 30, low 30s. Something like that. Something crazy. Could be wrong on that, but come on now. The other two aren't doing that. He averaged the most points out of all three of them up until the NBA uh, was canceled due to Corona. I know points aren't everything, but it's a big thing. You know, you like to score, take over your team. And for Paul George, when you look at Paul George and Jason Tatum go at each other, um, head-to-head, um, Paul George is on Jason Tatum's highlights. Highlight tape uh, doesn't go over well for him. You know, crosses him, hits daggers in his face. And Jimmy Butler, no words for Jimmy Butler. No team that he'll ever play on is going to win a championship, not a conference championship or a um, world championship. Uh, we learned that from him on the Sixers. Can't win on the Sixers in the playoffs. And he's not going to win with the Heat. Um, it's going to be Tyler Harrow's team and maybe Bams Adebayo, whatever, however you pronounce that. It's going to be one of their two teams here in the next few years. Not Jimmy Butler's. He's going to want money, and he's going to want fame, and he's going to want to be the guy, and he's not going to be it, and he's going to go somewhere else. So when you look back from those three people, Jason Tatum, easy choice, next man up, go seize. Um, if I had to choose between Butler, Tatum, and George with uh, start, bench, and cut, as of right now, I would start Jimmy Butler just because I think he does the most on both ends of the thing, and he's a leader, so he can lead a team. Um, I would sit Paul George just because he seems to get hurt a lot. I mean, when he's on the floor, he, he can score with the best of them, and he's also a uh, very good defender. And then I would cut Jason Tatum just because I don't think he does on the defensive end what the other two do, and I think the other two could match him offensively. In a few years, I would say 
probably Tatum would be the one you start probably in a few years, but as of right now, I would cut him just because he doesn't, his offense doesn't make up for his defense right yet. But I would have no problem with any order. I, that's just how I would do it. Ah, so Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, and Paul George. Ah, oh, they're so good. You just want to play them all. How about it? <laughs> no. Only one can start. Only one can be on the bench, and one has to get cut. So here's the bottom line. You're going to start Paul George. Jason Tatum's going to come off the bench. Bye-bye, Jimmy Butler. Bye-bye. You're cut, bud. For me personally, I would probably start Paul George. Um, great defender, and he can score. I just like his chances better than Tatum and Butler. Not saying that either of them can't play defense or score. Um, then I'd probably go, ooh, probably have to go Jason Tatum, youth, you know. Um, but Jimmy Butler can play great defense, so that's a tough decision. But ultimately, I'd probably bench Jimmy Butler just because he needs, I don't know, he plays really good defense and he needs other pieces. He's not like a one-man team. I feel like the other two could be a one-man team. But, I mean, all players need help. But I feel like Jimmy Butler couldn't be a leader of a team. Okay, so Paul George, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler. I'd go in that exact order. I would start Paul George, uh, bench Jason Tatum and cut Jimmy Butler and I I really don't want to make that sound like a bad thing for Jimmy Butler just because you're cutting him with two other fantastic players Um, I love his attitude I love how he's win first he cares about the attitude of his other teammates I love that about him but offensively I just think that the other two are so much better Uh, even though Jimmy Butler can hit big shots I just think the other two are or better offensively. Um, and I think Paul George, the, the reason I'm starting him, he is one of the best two-way players in this league right now, if not the best. Uh, you could argue, you know, Kawhi and Clay, but um, And then going for Tatum, I mean, he was... I, I, when he first got drafted, I, I did make a bold assumption and say, this will be a top 10 player of all time. Um... A little bold, but, you know, there's still lots of time for that to come into fruition. So, you know, that's why I like him a lot. I I hope he can come into that form one day. Um, But offensively, he's a monster. Um, I really think he's starting to come to be a superstar in this league. He's already a star, but superstar next. Um, And then, yes, cutting Jimmy just not enough consistent offense for me um but yeah that's that's my three george tatum and butler so moving into our last topic of today we did an offline altoona teacher dodgeball draft so here are the results looking at hadley's team he has mr apica mr mckinney mr sapita and mr smith my dad looking at Shope's team, he went with Coach Adams, Coach Niedemeyer, Miss Shope, his mom, and Mr. Borst. Now moving on to Kutz's team. He has Mr. Pashadi, Mr. Stoudnauer, Mr. McGinnis, and Jesse Bitar. Then we went to Trevor. Trevor has Mr. Spade, Mead Symington, Tom Fox, and Mr. Sipes. And then finally, I picked Mr. Krug. Mr. Palfy, Tom Smith, my uncle, and Coach McCarter. So, I mean, realistically, 
any one of these five teams could win it all. Both teams have their strengths. Both teams have their weaknesses. We're going to let you guys uh, decide who would win this tournament.